Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and Reed. Check this out. This is the Rip and Reed featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now. To the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. Oh, God. Wrong way, Lou Rafino is wondering. Who's playing this horrible rendition of our national anthem, right? It's the Palestinian Yasser Arafat Authority Band that played this song when Secretary of State Pompeo in the Donald Trump administration was meeting with Mahmoud Abbas, who, as you know, has decided he will not meet with Joe Biden, nor will the Jordanian king, they have canceled out. And there's one benefit, uh, Justin Ellick. Joe Biden won't have to listen to this horrible rendition by the Palestinian Yasser Arafat authority band. How, how long do we think they practiced uh, in order to even... Oh, God. The only thing worse would be listening to Yoko Ono, right? I'm telling you that it's got to be the absolute worst. I know recently it was John Lennon's birthday. It would have been his birthday if he was still alive. What was 82 or something? Strawberry Fields and all that. Oh, my God. That's horrible. Wrong way. Yeah. Wrong way, Lou Rufino. You were wincing when you were playing that, and rightfully so. But the uh, clock is ticking. Uh, whether it is Mahmoud. Oh, it's got it stuck in my throat. Mahmoud Abbas, or the king uh, of Jordan. What is that? Hussein, one, two, or three. You know, they're all kings there. There are more Palestinians than Jordanians there. Uh, they have canceled on Joe Biden because they claim it was Israel that bombed that hospital in Gaza. Even though basically all forensic information shows that it was a missile fired awry by Islamic Jihad. Brothers, in destroying Israel and killing all Jews and driving them to the sea with Hamas. Remember, Hamas is not only a terrorist organization in Gaza, it is the government. So you have Islamic Jihad, those are the mini-me's to uh, Hamas, and then you have elements of Fatah, all three of them united in destroying the Jews and Israel, although at times they're at each other's throats. The only way to get them together, Justin, it's to say, hey, let's go kill some Jews. And then, of course, here in America, I warned you, I warned you, Justin Ellick, ever since last Tuesday. Oh, there was Justin. He was dancing the horror. They had all the Booker boys and Booker girls from all the religious schools come down to Dag Hammershaw Plaza. How many times have I been there before for rallies where Jews talk to Jews, and basically it's as if Gentiles don't even exist? And they filled up Dag Hammershaw Plaza, and everybody said, isn't this a great rally? Isn't this wonderful? And I said, it sucked, because where were the Gentiles? First off, no Republicans were invited at all to speak. I, I volunteered to speak. I've spoken before, Dag Hammershaw. No, 
You're not an elected official. Okay, what about Lee Zeldin? Oh, he's the former congressman. Well, you know, he's a Jew, he's a Zionist, he's serving in the U.S. military. Former. What about Nicole Maliotakis? Last I looked, she's still the congresswoman from Staten Island in Brooklyn. Well, it's an oversight on our part. What do you mean? You did it purposefully. No evangelicals. Again, I can't say it enough. Jews are so worried that their children and grandchildren are going to be converted by the evangelicals, right? Jews for Jesus. That they don't want them to have anything to do with the evangelicals. Evangelicals love the state of Israel. They could put a million people out in the streets when you have these demonstrations. And then to see at these pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas demonstrations, sometimes with evident members of the Jewish community involved. It's not fake Jews. They're real Jews. I'd say about 10% of those marching in solidarity in the streets with Hamas and the Palestinian cause, as they call it, are Jews. Now, they may be self-hating Jews, but they're Jews. And this is what they sing. Listen to what they sing when they march through our streets of New York City. What they were singing yesterday in Washington Square Park outside of NYU where they outnumbered the Jewish supporters by about four to one. From the river to the Notice, they've practiced their lines. Uh, it's like uh, paramilitary precision. And you know what they do at night, uh, Justin Ellick? Just what most young people do. They hook up. They go and they socialize. So that's what brings them all together because they know they might get lucky at the end of the night. Whether it's boy and boy, girl and girl, transgender and transgender, who knows? Doesn't matter. It becomes not just a political act, it becomes a social event. And they are outnumbering Jews in the largest Jewish populated city in the world outside of Israel. How could this be? Because Jews, again, are depending only on Jews. Give an example. I passed by there yesterday. I was in Astoria at the um, Ronald Reagan uh, club meeting where we are out to beat the socialists. We're going to beat him at the ballot box with our candidate, Kelly Klingman, against their hero of uh, the Palestinian Hamas cause, Tiffany Caban. And I passed by Steinway, right off of Astoria Boulevard, two blocks from the precinct, 114th Precinct, Grand Central Parkway, on your way to the Triborough Bridge. I'll never call it the RFK Bridge. It's the Triborough Bridge. And they already had the barricades up. You know what they had it up for? Do you have any idea, wrong way, Lou Rufino? They're having a rally there. It's called, <laughs> oh, my God. I have, the, I have the flyers that were everywhere. Flood Queens for Palestine, Steinway and Astoria Boulevard, today, 5 p.m. And U.S.-sponsored genocide in Gaza. And they will fill up that street. Justin, what are your peeps doing? You had the unity rally. There was not a unity rally 
Uh, you've tried to counteract the pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas demonstrations. They outnumber you like four or five to one, especially on the campuses. You know what this reminds me of? They were having this problem up in Quebec, in Montreal, at Concordia College. A number of the Jewish students were being harassed by those uh, supporting what they called Palestinian liberation, uh, and uh, they said, Curtis, could you come up as a Gentile and talk to the Jewish students because they're folding like cheap cameras? I said, no problem. I went up there. I talked to Palestinian students, bum rushed in. They wanted to throw them out. I told security, no, leave them right here. I'll engage them. First, let them yell, let them scream, let it get out of their system, and then I'll engage them. And I'm not going to surrender. I'm not going to retreat. I'm going to stand my ground in defense of Israel. And I did. And then the Jewish students there said, oh, we're going to contact our brothers and sisters in solidarity at McGill University. McGill University, that's like me. That's the Harvard of Canada. It's right there in in, uh, Montreal. In fact, a courtesy with Super Sports Spectacular, Justin Ellick, I know you'll like this. Kenny Dryden was a great goalie for the Montreal Canadiens. I know you disagree with that. Wrong way, Lou Ruffino. Took a year's sabbatical from the Stanley Cup champions in the Nets in order to go to McGill. Sort of like Bill Bradley, who took a year's sabbatical to go as a Rhodes Scholar to uh, England uh, after he had graduated Princeton. I know you, wrong way, uh, Lou Rafino, you love Gump Worsley with like 500 stitches. This is before they wore masks. But it just, you know what the Jewish students at McGill University told me? No, don't bother coming. You'll, you'll antagonize the Palestinian students or the students who are su- supporting the Palestinian course. I said it didn't happen at Concordia. I don't want any money. I don't want a fee. I'm here organizing the Guardian Angels in Montreal anyway. I'd be more than happy to come and speak at McGill. Oh, we don't want to rile up the Palestinian students or the pro-Palestinian faction. And I remember saying that to them. Yeah, because I'll bet you there's some Jews who are wearing the keffiyeh there. And they very sheepishly said, yeah, you're right. Okay. All right. At least I helped the kids at Concordia, the Jewish kids. But they wouldn't let me help the Jewish kids. And Miguel, and see, that's the problem. Jews, listen. Listen, you're losing the PR war. You had the DSA. You had them on the map that first weekend when they were, when they were praising Hamas for committing a pogrom. You had the sympathy and empathy of everybody. And now can I hear the clock? Can I hear the clock? Uh, you got five days to launch this uh, invasion. What is BB waiting for? I realize you got Blink in there, you got Biden there, you got everybody flying there. If you don't get in there real quick, it's going to be too late. What are you waiting for? If you're going to destroy Hamas, get in there and do the freaking job. The longer you wait, the harder it's going to become. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Well, well. Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, has lost control of the migrant centers, as was mentioned, and I'll go into more detail. His right-hand man, former cop Timothy Pearson, knocked out right outside of the migrant center at 31st between 8th and 9th, the old Turo College building. It's been a migrant center for less than a year. They never before had any kind of a visit. That's what he said he was doing. It should have been regular visits. And they had a confrontation. Timothy Pearson lost. Uh, the Arrow Security won. And then they had to call a level three. And the cops had to flood in from Midtown South. Level three is almost the highest all-on-deck uh, signal other than level four, which means police officers shot down in the line of duty. That's why October 25th, 77 WABC and Ramsey Mazda are backing the blue with special programming all day to all police officers everywhere because we thank you for your honor and dedication as you protect and serve. Download the 77 WABC app and listen all day October 25th as unfortunately not just here in New York City but in police departments, sheriff's departments uh, and law enforcement agencies around the country and at the border, uh, ICE, they have been handcuffed. Can I say ICE? I mean, I'm the only one who actually ever says anything nice about immigration, naturalization service, and ICE. They are law enforcement. They should be involved in us stopping this invasion of our country. But let's first talk about a subject uh, and a story you don't know. Because I am the leader of the rebels that deal with stopping these migrant centers these tents that are being put up all over our city. No transparency, no discussion. It's sort of like tough noogies. Here it is, a thousand illegal aliens, single able-bodied men of military age with nothing to do, nowhere to go, and we're going to stick them in your neighborhood, and you got no say in it. In the age in which terrorists could easily be coming across the border, especially from the sub-Saharan countries, I can't say it enough because I've seen them here, from Mauritania, Mali, from Chad, from Sudan, uh, many active uh, ISIS and al-Qaeda cells, which uh, have pledged themselves to destroy the little Satan Israel and the big Satan America. Yet we're letting them in, unvetted, no background checks, and we're providing them the Milford Plaza so they could scope out targets. Uh, right from Times Square. But let me not digress. There's a place that almost none of you have seen on Randall's Island. You remember when they took over the soccer fields, our own Brian, uh, Brian Kilmeade went nuts because he loves soccer, that they put those tents on the soccer fields at Randall's Island so that kids and young adults and adults could no longer play there. So they got about a 1,000 single, able-bodied young men there, of military age, with nothing to do and nowhere to go, except they're coming across the bridge, the walkway, and they're going out and they're doing what people do on a regular basis in New York City, especially Manhattan. They shoplift. Shoplift. Now I'm beginning to see, along with my wife Nancy and others, that the illegal aliens are shoplifting because they watch the Americans do it with no consequences. So they figure, hey, we're asylum seekers. 
We can't be deported. We can't be arrested. We'll do it, too. And they steal items in the store, and then they bring it back, and they have an Alibaba and the 40 Thieves Marketplace outside the tent. So on Sunday, the cops came in, and they tried to break up that, uh, I'll call it a sook, even though it's Hispanics that are running it. And they try to shut it down. And 15 to 20 of the illegals surrounded the cops from the 25th precinct and started hitting the cops. This is Sunday. Did you hear that, Justin? Alec? Hey, by the way, Cracker Jack News Team, without the Cracker Jack Prize, uh, Noam Laden, were you aware of this story on News Director or uh, James Flippin? Of course not. Because Randall's Island is out of sight, out of mind. So they hit the cops from the 25th precinct. The 25th precinct in East Harlem retreated, and they didn't come back till Tuesday. Didn't come back till Tuesday. And then they came in in maximum force. They basically ran through the area with the Parks Department. They took down the illegal bazaar selling all the stolen products outside of the tent. And they didn't even arrest guys who were wanted for criminal activity. Nothing. Were you aware of that? That's why you listen to the Rip and Read. Because I give you news and information you're not going to hear anywhere else that's not being reported anywhere else. Let the police deny that. Go ahead. Call them up. Say, is it true that these illegal aliens attacked you on Sunday, drove you out of Randall's Island, drove them out of Randall's Island in full retreat? They didn't come back Sunday with additional cops, no, they didn't come back Monday. They waited till Tuesday, showing weakness. Now, if you're an illegal alien, you figure, what the hell? I get to hit cops. I don't get arrested. I'm an asylum seeker. They told me that I can't be deported. I claim I'm Venezuelan, so I can't be deported. And nothing happened to them. Nothing. This is, this is nuts. You're hearing it first. Now, it's not the first time. Let's go back to what recently happened in Bushwick. Oh, the home of the hipsters and millennials who love the illegals. Remember what happened outside of a what they call the migrant center, where the illegal aliens had all their their illegal uh, they had their illegal bikes and e bikes and motorbikes and Vespas outside. None of them registered. All of them uh, should have been taken away by the police. 90th precinct. And they tried to do it. They tried to do it. Chaos ensues outside a migrant shelter in Brooklyn as police confiscate more than a dozen mopeds. And it was fighting. And the illegal aliens attacked the police. Nobody was deported. Nobody arrested. Nobody turned over to ICE, right? They should have been deported. What the hell? You're hitting cops. No, no, they're asylum seekers. You know, they're untouchables. In fact, all you got to do is say you're a Venezuelan and you can't be deported. Are you aware of that, Justin? You cannot be deported. Is that not crazy or what? So here were the millennials and the hipsters who welcomed the illegal aliens at first, and they were the ones to call 311 and complain about the motorbikes and the Vespas and the fact that they were going up and down the streets to the wee hours of the morning. There was a lot of late night partying, um, a lot of drinking um, and loud music playing. And then recently it's been more so the mopeds have been the issue. Um, just kind of all night coming and going, loud motors, alarms. The mopeds are the issue, right? 
So even the hipsters and millennials were complaining and calling 311. Then also another hipster and millennial who at first welcomed the illegal aliens onto his block. Jeff Albert has lived across the street from the site for 14 years. He says this otherwise quiet block has taken a turn for the worst in recent months due to excessive noise. It's pretty disturbing. Um, so, you know, luckily there's... It's only been noise that's been an issue, but um, kind of all night I'm, I'm woken up and at times there's been shouting. There's I've witnessed fights happen. Um, so, it, yeah, it definitely disrupts my my week. Yeah, it disrupts your week. Uh, Justin Ellick, the 90th precinct, had made the initial confiscation of the unregistered uh, motorbikes and the Vespers has not returned. Has not returned. Who told them not to return? I'll bet you it was Eric Adams. Oh, we don't need a confrontation. We don't need, we don't need this. You know, no, 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 no. The cops cannot do their job. I went to the 50th precinct the other day, which is up in uh, Riverdale, uh, near 236 in Broadway. I used to be the night manager there before uh, McDonald's canned me, claiming I was a vigilante when I started the Guardian Angels in 1979. And I walked through the parking lot of the 50th Precinct, and they had about a 100 motorbikes, Vespas, all of them chained up, all of them that had been unregistered, non-licensed, and eventually they'll be destroyed. And I said to the cops, uh, are you going to continue to do that? And they told us, no, City Hall has told us to stop. So yesterday, Eric Adams, in his typical flip-flop, what I call it, uh, pivot and shift, decided to call this uh, an emergency situation, an e-bike crisis. We have, a, we have an e-bike crisis, and I'm, I'm, I thank you so much, Deputy Mayor. We have an e-bike, moped, illegal moped crisis. And I uh, told the DOT, NYPD, uh, uh, the advocates, DCWP, uh, we need to address the overproliferation of e-bikes, scooters, uh, we all see what's going on uh, through the city, and I guarantee you probably 60% of you in this room, uh, those illegal mopeds and e-bikes that are flying through our streets, they're dropping off deliveries to you. So you need to start talking to some of your restaurants and tell them they need to make sure that their riders are using it appropriately. What the hell is he talking about? He says there's an e-bike crisis. There is because he won't let the cops seize them. Throw them in the back of a truck, bring them to the precinct like I saw at the 50th precinct in Riverdale, lock them up, and then end up destroying them. I mean, let's go outside of the Roosevelt Hotel, right? Roosevelt Hotel, got about a 100 of them, unregistered, unlicensed. Let's go outside of the, the old Milford Plaza. They call it New York Row on 8th Avenue and about uh, 44th. You look across the street, there's about a 100 motorbikes Vespers parked there, unregistered, unlicensed. Midtown North should be hauling them away. Midtown South, why not? So clearly it's a crisis, but the mayor's not going to let the cops do anything about it because he's afraid that they might get heavy-handed. We don't want to be heavy-handed in enforcement, but we have to get this e-bike, scooter, delivery under control because it's not under control now and we got to get there. Because it's not under control now, we got to get there. Would you let the freaking cops do their job? And then, of course, uh, I guess Arthur Idala, who's the number one took his kisser uh, of Eric Adams, 
is going to have to understand he's got new talking points. Okay, I, I you know, my, my migrant experience is at, at Roosevelt, the, Ro- the Roosevelt Hotel, which is right on the block of my law firm on 45th Street. Yeah. So there's not, they're not a lot of scooters floating around there. <laughs> yeah, meantime, everybody said, Guy, why are you covering up for Eric Adams? He's just a Tukas kisser. He's got his lips sealed to his backside. And then uh, yesterday, Eric Adams said that he's in a crisis every day. What a challenge it is. I cannot emphasize uh, enough of when you're at capacity, every day is a challenge. Every day, uh, the chief of staff and the deputy mayor and their teams are calling around, trying to find spaces, looking at lists. You understand that, ladies and gentlemen? Your neighborhood may not have what he calls a migrant center now. It will. They're calling around, and they're offering landlords double your dollars for whatever you're getting now. They're calling rabbis. They're calling uh, churches, the archdiocese, anybody that has any available space. Whatever you're getting now will double your dollars. You understand that? So don't rest back and say, well, we don't have a migrant center here. And, in fact, he knows that his biggest problem are the boots on the ground. Past the muster of getting over the on-the-ground stuff that's going on. Past the muster of the lawsuits. Yeah, past the muster of what's going on on the ground. That's He won't say my name anymore. The organizing to stop. And then he actually threatened the Staten Island residents who closed St. John's Villa and closed another facility right near the Stapleton Projects. The areas that the fire department identified, you said, are we going to, will we no longer use them? No. If we're able to rectify situations that the fire department pointed out, we're going we're gonna to bring folks back into those locations because we're out of space. Yeah. Yeah. You go, go ahead and try, Eric Adams, over my dead body. You were defeated. You put people in a fire trap. You put them in buildings with asbestos. You didn't give a damn about the migrants. You never do. It's all about you. So go ahead. Try to put them back. And we'll be back right outside, round the clock. By the way, look at this. Uh, Let me read to you uh, this one text. Uh, Curtis, uh, are you holding a protest in South Brooklyn today? Words going around that something is going on. You're damn right something's going on. I'm meeting with the rebels. Because that's Joanne Ariola who keeps praising Sid. And you know how Sid is. Anybody praises him and it's all, whatever you say, she lied to everybody. She said, oh, they're just going to be bringing in women and children to Floyd Bennett Field. That's all it's going to be. The tents are going up as we speak. I'm meeting with the rebels tonight. There will be a plan of action when I'm finished tonight. Remember, the Sullivan brothers, they lead in time of peace and war. We're sitting down for our wartime planning session. And let me tell you something. This is going to be the mother of all civil disobedience rallies and exhibitions of what every citizen has a right to do. And you, you traditor John and Ariola, you Eric Adams Republican, don't even try to spin your propaganda because you're cold busted. 
Now, to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Whoa, whoa. Gee, where was I last night at 10 o'clock, Justin Ellis? I was outside Con Sofrito, which is the new hotspot that Eric Adams and his uh, out-of-town police commissioner, Eddie Caban, could always be found at. Apparently, they had been there earlier celebrating uh, the delayed birthday or maybe a second birthday fundraiser shakedown for Carl Hasty, the crooked speaker of the Assembly of New York City. So I'm outside there, uh, wrong way, uh, Lou Rafino, and uh, everybody's being told, don't talk to him, don't talk to him. Except Keith Johnson stepped to me, proud member of 1199, and he said, Curtis, you know, the mayor's no longer here. But I got to tell you, it's disgraceful. The city is, and I can't repeat the words he said, look, I didn't vote for you the first time, but this mayor, what the hell is he doing here partying? Well, we know what he was doing there. That's for sure. I, I would tell you I met a shorty there, but I can't say that on TV. <laughs> you know? He's hot for that Latino stuff now, man. He's like uh, obsessed with chasing Latinas. Up at Con Sofrito. Hey, Eric, you just had your right-hand man, Timothy Pearson, former member of the NYPD with you, get knocked out outside of 31st. Uh, between 8th and 9th Avenue, the old Turo College building that had been converted into a migrant center because they wouldn't let him in to do a safety inspection check, right? Hey, good going. Instead of rushing down there and say, we're going into every migrant center, we're going to make sure that there's safety and security. And how about metal detectors? And how about imposing a curfew? These illegal aliens are starting to go like locusts through cornfields, and they're starting to shoplift because they're watching Americans do that with no consequences. They're hanging out to the wee hours of the morning. There's no freaking curfews. And now they're knocking out your aide de camp. And where are you? You're raising the roof at Consofritos. And then you had the Culeons, the Huepos, to say that you guys are doing such a great job at City Hall. We have a city to run. And darn it, we're running the hell out of this city, like it or not. Yeah, running it right into the ground. And, of course, maybe maybe the most incompetent person who has ever been in City Hall. You are watching an incompetent person turning a competent place in a city to live in. This is what we need to recognize. And then I understand once again when he was in the crowd uh, for Carl Hasty, that crook, for his delayed birthday party, which was really a shakedown of contributors. He once again was telling everybody, when does this job get tough? And people have the audacity to say to me that being the mayor of the city of New York is the second most difficult job in politics. You know what I tell them? I tell them, when does the hard part start? My God, let's see, he called it a crisis with e-bikes, fentanyl crisis, migrant crisis, but according to him, the job ain't hard. The job is hard, though, for police officers because they've been handcuffed not just here, but everywhere. And October 25th, 77 WABC and Ramsey Mazda are going to be back in the blue with special programming all day to all police officers 
wherever they may be, because we thank them for their honor and dedication as they protect and serve us at a time when they're not being backed up by the elected officials who should be back in the blue. Download the 77 WABC app and listen all day, October 25th.